Hey, good morning, everybody. Good, good morning, everybody. Are you there? I don't think they're there. No. Are you guys here? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> hey, let's just say thank you to the worship team for standing in this brutally hot sun over the last 20 minutes. Thank you, guys. You know, I, I feel like when I was a kid, um, everyone sat at the back of the bus. And I feel like I'm in a really big school bus right now. So if you don't mind, and if our camera guy can follow me, I'm going to come down a little bit here, just to the front a little bit, and I'm going to do a little walking. Um, yeah, I just feel so far away from everybody. I mean, it's already been like four plus months, so, you know, what's another 20 feet or so? Or maybe I'm not going to come any further. Sorry, Lord. We're good? Okay, cool. So I'll tippy toe up a little bit more. So, hey, glad you guys are able to join us this morning. It is a beautiful day, isn't it? Thankful for a beautiful day. Just want to say thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day. Really glad that you're all able to come today and to spend a little bit of time this morning uh, in a corporate worship gathering. We had a praise and worship night uh, last week, uh, and then this week we're doing our our uh, outside service, and then next Sunday we start with our 9 and 11 o'clock services again, as Pastor Rob said, and we're going back to our regular 9 and 11s with some reduced capacities, so we do want to encourage people to make sure you're RSVPing, not just for yourself, but for the people that are in your family, just so that we have an idea in our children's area and in our adults how many people are coming and that we can just be respectful as we transition back into moving into full out services. Um, Man, there's a lot of people and faces that I haven't seen in a long time. And if I didn't have my contacts in, I'd still not be able to see you. Uh, but I can see you. And I just want to say, um, yeah, it's just good to see everybody. Aren't you encouraged to see people that you haven't seen in a long time? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I wanted to take a minute before I get started today. And I just wanted to acknowledge a couple of things over the last number of months. Um, I understand that for many of us, because we've talked to many of you, um, that this has been a very uncertain time in some ways. It seems like this is um, something that I know I've never experienced in my lifetime, and some of the things that have been requested of us to do as a society, some of the limitations, uh, just changes in plans and routines, school plans, vacation plans, everyday life plans. There's been a lot of things that we've had to change. Um, and some of those things that we've had to do, we've had to change in the middle of continuing to live. And some of them have been hard and some of them have been difficult. And I, I don't want to go on any further this morning without recognizing that one of the things that we have been doing, if you've noticed at Bridge, is that we have been online for the last few months. We started live in the beginning when we basically had uh, a single shot camera and a laptop and then when Pastor Rob got on board and helped us move some things around, thankfully we had a lot of the tech here. We just had to pull things together. Um, but we've been doing that over the last number of months. And though a lot of you haven't been here, there have been a core group of people at Bridge that have faithfully given almost every single week for us to continue what we've been doing on weekends. So while some of you have been in your PJs watching services on Sunday mornings, people have been here making sure that can happen. Um, and then we recorded it too, so we could be in our PJs on Sunday mornings as well. Um, just kidding. But but when we're not recording, when we're not on live on th on Sundays, we're recording on Wednesdays. We're recording on Thursdays. We're putting things together. And then there was a whole production thing that went across the the uh, happened across the week, which took many many hours. So I wanted to just stop for a moment, and I wanted to give a word of thanks 
uh, and just recognize a couple of groups. Number one, I want to recognize the fact that any of the worship stuff that's been happening at Bridge over the last few months has really been as a result of a core group of people. Some of them have been on the stage this morning. Some of them aren't with us today, but we just want to recognize them because they have faithfully continued to come every week. So can we just say thank you to everyone on our worship team? Let's just do that first. The second group of people we need to recognize um, are everyone that has done what they've been doing to take care of our weekend services. Now, that's not just the adult service. How many of our kids have watched any of the Bridge Kids services stuff that have been happening? We have any kids here that are watching Bridge Kids? Yeah? Okay, good. I appreciate that. That's great. I know Pastor Christine has appreciated that. We've had our our Bridge Kids leaders that have been participating in that. So whether it's been the Sunday morning service in the regular service or the kids ministry, everyone has, that's particip- that has participated in that have really gone above and beyond to make that happen. And we want to recognize them along with all of our media people that have helped make that happen. So let's just recognize all those people again today if we can do that. Thank you, guys. All right. That's good. Well, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, pull out your phone. And I'm just going to assume you're reading along. That's what we're going to do today. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. There has been a fight in my mind sometimes to actually participate during an online service. So I'm not feeling like a spectator, but I'm actually doing something and engaging with what's happening. And that is something that I wanted to talk a little bit about this morning briefly as part of our series. We're going to look in the book of Luke today, and we're going to look at Luke chapter 19. Uh, Luke chapter 19. And we are in the middle of this series we kicked off two weeks ago called You Asked For It. And the You Asked For It series is looking at some of the questions. Thank you to everyone that has submitted questions that they would like some answers on and what the Bible and what God's Word says about some of their questions, first off. But we have been going through that methodically and and just really trying to figure out what are the right ways that we can present some of those things. Um, We're going to do another one this morning. And we're going to look at the book of Luke chapter 19 to start looking into some of the answers for this one. Now, the question we're going to look at this morning is actually multiple questions. It's not just one question, it's multiple questions. And it came in like this. The question said, um, how do I know I'm saved? How do I know I'm saved? Next question was, how do I live a Christian life? And then the last question was, who am I in Christ? What is this about my identity that I need to be aware of in Christ? And, and those individual questions could, could take more than one time for us to sit down and talk about today. But as I was thinking through it, I thought really what these questions are all about is understanding another question. And the question is simply this, what is the gospel? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because every one of those questions are answered when we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the more of an understanding we have of the gospel, the more these questions become easily answered. And here's why I think this is so important. Because without the gospel, there is no reason for us to be here this morning. Without the message of the gospel. And the gospel is just a fancy word for saying the good news. Okay, it actually, the root of it actually meant glad tidings or good news. And it's the kind of news that you would see, like when someone would have a a, a headline in a newspaper. You know, years ago when the newspaper guys would hold them up and say, extra, extra, read all about it. This is the news that you want to read. The gospel is synonymous with that understanding. The good news that everyone should hear. 
The good news that everyone should not just listen to, but they should apply because it will transform their life. And if we're not careful, or if we have not been careful, over the last number of months, I have seen a lot of things that we have focused on as a society. People telling us things that are the most important things for us to focus on. Things that are the greatest priority. And listen, I agree that there are certain things that have to be a priority in this strange time that we are in. But for the church of Jesus Christ, the mission of bringing the gospel to the world has never changed. And if we find ourselves over the last four months or so forgetting that truth, today I want to encourage you to just follow along and be reminded of just how beautiful the gospel of Jesus Christ is. This world has been telling us that things are out of control. Our culture has been telling us that we're supposed to walk, not with just caution, but walk in fear. And both of those things have nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of course, we're supposed to walk in wisdom. But our motivation is supposed to be love. And the foundation of who we are as people is to represent Jesus, not to represent our own beliefs and our own things that are personal, but to recognize the one that we call Lord and Savior. And that's the beauty of the gospel. So this morning, I want to take a few moments, and I just want to talk to you about the need for us to continue to focus on the gospel. And maybe you've heard this phrase for all of your life. Maybe you grew up in a church. Maybe, quite honestly, maybe you're sick of church and you're here because your spouse or your child or your parent or somebody's saying, I want you to come with me. But they're like, I've done church all my life. I'm sick of it. Can I tell you this morning, if you're sick of church, you're in good company because sometimes I'm sick of church. But I'm not sick of Jesus. And I'm not sick of what Jesus died for and how he died for the church. So I've asked myself over the last few months, as I consider the gospel over and over again, Lord, what is it about the truth of the gospel that you need to continue to infuse in my heart so that we, as, a fo as followers of Christ, don't just look at, at Christianity as a thing that we do. Instead, we look at it as a life that we live. It's a new way of life. And I want to talk about that briefly. And I think there is a great story in Luke chapter 19 that talks about this. Beginning in verse 1, it's the story of a man named Zacchaeus. And at the end of this story, I think um, it really just highlights, the writer really just highlights in one verse what the gospel is all about. So I want to read some of this and summarize it for you. And then I want to talk about it just for a few moments this morning. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. 
Jesus said to him in verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Would you just pray with me for a moment? Father, thank you so much that we can be here in this beautiful day. Open your word. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would not just be with us, but would speak to us that the seeds of your word would not just be planted in our hearts, but today they would illuminate our hearts and they would grow. Encourage us today, Lord. Challenge us and draw us close to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Some of you know the story of Zacchaeus. Some of you sang his song as a little kid. I think one day whoever wrote that song is going to have to come to blows with Zacchaeus because he said he was a wee little man in that song. I don't know if I'd want to be identified as a wee little man in the song for the rest of eternity. But anyway, some of you know the story of Zacchaeus. A Jewish man who lived in the area of Israel, lived in the area of Jericho. He was a tax collector for the Roman government and the Roman armies, or for the Roman government. He was by all terms a traitor to his own people because he collected taxes from them and gave them to their enemies. And there wasn't a specific tax that he had to collect. He collected whatever he could, and he gave the government the negotiated rate that he promised. So he could take as much as he wanted, and he could just give them what he promised them. So he was a very wealthy man, dishonest, and not loved by people around him. In this story, we see Jesus walking through, passing through Jericho. Not going, but passing through Jericho. At this point in Jesus' ministry, everybody knows who he is. They've heard about him. They understand the miracles, the message that he's speaking. They're curious. And Zacchaeus is curious, so he climbs a tree to get out of the way of everyone else and see this Jesus. And when Jesus sees him, he calls him out in a good way. He asks him to come down out of the tree and he invites himself to Zacchaeus' house for a meal, which was unheard of in that time because everybody hated Zacchaeus. And when the people watched what Jesus did and what he said, they even commented, What is he doing? He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. And then Jesus makes two statements which are so powerful. He says, today salvation comes to this man's house because of Zacchaeus' response. Salvation comes to his house. And then he says this in verse 10, which I believe summarizes the gospel in a beautiful way. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That is the gospel today, that Jesus Christ came to save and to seek, or to seek and to save the lost. If I can say this another way, and this is why I think this is so important regarding those questions, the gospel is not about me. The gospel is not about you. The gospel is not about any of us. The gospel is about God's love for us. The gospel is not about me. I am not the hero of the gospel. You are not the hero of the gospel message. None of us are the hero of the gospel message. Jesus is the hero of the gospel message. And he loves us, and that's the message that he brings to seek and to save the lost. And here's why this is so powerful. Because when we think that the gospel is about us, those questions start to result in us taking on responsibilities and ownership of things God never intended for us to own. How do I know I'm saved? Well, if the gospel is about me, I need to know that I'm doing all of the right things to know that I'm saved because my salvation is dependent on me and not on Jesus. 
How do I live a Christian life? Well, if the gospel is dependent on me and not Jesus, living a Christian life is about what I can do in my own strength. And how many of us would be honest and say there are things we've tried to do in our own strength and not in the strength of God? My hands are both up. When it's about me, it's about what I need to do. When it's about me, it's about how I need to perform or else God is going to abandon me. Who am I in Christ? What is my new identity? That is such a foundational question of the gospel because we're going to see in a few minutes that the gospel isn't about touching our lives. It's about transforming our lives. What I wanted to do this morning is just take a few moments and I wanted to answer each one of those questions from this perspective this morning and just track with me for a few minutes. We're not going to do this very long this morning, but I think this is so important for us to understand that when these questions are answered, from the perspective that the gospel is about Jesus, it's about God's love for us and not about us, it looks very different. And then when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, it takes on a new meaning. A new meaning that's not about how hard we work, but about how close we can stay to Christ. How do I know I'm saved? Let me ask you, how do you know that you're saved? The way that I know that I'm saved is because the gospel message is a message of grace. Remember, it's not about me. It's about God's love for me. The way that I know that I'm saved is because, as Paul said in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, he says, For it is by grace that you have been saved. This is not of yourselves, he says, not by works so that no man can boast. It's by grace that we are saved through faith, not by works, not of myself, so that no one can boast. What is Paul saying? The message of salvation. Please hear me on this. This is so important because whether you grew up in a Protestant background or a Catholic background or no background, we have this mindset that the way that we earn things in this world is by performance. The way that you qualify for good things in this world is by how hard you work and what you do. And I agree with that. I mean, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, if you don't work, you don't eat. So there has to be some truth to that, right? But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to the gift of the gospel that Jesus gave you and Jesus gave me, it has nothing to do with what we can do. And it has everything to do with what he did for us. For it is by grace you have been saved. You know what I love about that? Grace. God gives grace to each one of us. Why? Because none of us are good enough. We'll never be good enough. Isn't that encouraging? I mean, you came all the way out here and sit there in the sun for you to hear me say, you're never going to be good enough. Suck it up. You're never going to be good. I'm never going to be good. Oh, I'm never going to be good enough. If that's where you stop, then you can walk out in condemnation and leave in condemnation today. But can I tell you the beauty of that truth? is that every one of us shares that in common. All 7 billion people in this world share that in common. We are never good enough. And the beauty of the gospel message isn't about how good we are ever going to get so that one day we cross over and God gives a stamp of approval and says, now you can receive salvation. He says, no, the consequence to your sin is separation. The solution to the problem is me, meaning God, not me, meaning man. 
God saw the problem. God fixes the problem. Jesus Christ is the solution. So when we look at the message of grace, how do I know I'm saved? What do I believe? If I believe on the work of Jesus Christ, that he came as a substitute for my sin, that he took my place, he paid the penalty, guys. This is what we're talking about. He paid the penalty for you and me. It's a beautiful message where religions all around the world talk about the resume and the things you have to check off. And if you do enough things and if you have enough things in order, then maybe you'll get into God's graces. And that's not what Jesus is telling us. He's saying, I died. I gave. I loved when you were unable to. I made you worth something when you were worthless. How do I know I'm saved? Because the gospel is not about me and God has given me salvation through the message of grace. Do you hear me this morning? Can you hear what I'm saying? Are you guys with me? This is so important because we question our salvation. I listen to people all the time that over the years, well, how do I know I'm saved? What if I didn't? I said the prayer. It's not about saying a prayer. It's about what you believe. Did Jesus die on the cross? Did he die on the cross for your sins? I had a conversation with someone a few months ago regarding a funeral, and they were questioning a family member that passed away a number of months before that. How do I know that they're with Jesus? How do I know that they're not? Because this is what I saw at one point in their life, and and then this is what I heard when they died, and I said, it doesn't matter what they did. What matters is what they believed. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we can live one way, because when we truly believe, our life begins to change. But there was a man who hung on a cross next to Jesus. While one ridiculed him, the other condemned the other thief and said, we get what we deserve. This man has done nothing wrong. And he looked at Jesus and said, come into my kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom, he said. Remember me when you come into my kingdom. And Jesus said, today I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. That man did nothing except believe because the message of the gospel, the message of salvation in its most simplistic form is what we believe, not what we do. The second question is how do I live a Christian life? How do you and I live a Christian life? How do we walk this out? Because I can walk saying my salvation is not doubted. I don't doubt. And I've talked to people that question whether, you know, they're really a Christian or whether or not. I'm like, I don't, because I know that I know that I know what the gospel says and it's not about me. But how do I walk out this life? Because there's a lot of brokenness around. There's a lot of brokenness here, right? In me. How do I do this on a daily basis? How do I do this so that I'm not the one that's always trying? The apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, for those who've received the gospel and the message of of salvation, he says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. And then he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We can try all we want to do better. We can try all we want to be better, to live better, to be more righteous, to be more holy. We can try in our strength. And sometimes, you know, it just feels like, it feels like you're trying to excavate, you know, when this building was built. I remember standing over here on the side of this building when we did the, when we did the expansion and we had this cute little gold shovel. 
and we put one little scoop of dirt or we shoveled one little thing of dirt out of the ground. And can I tell you when the contractors came in, they didn't come in with all these little gold shovels and just start picking away at the dirt. That would have been ridiculous. It would have been time for a new contractor. <laughs> How many of us would try to excavate the foundation of a building like this with a little tiny shovel? Better yet, like one of those shovels that you see in the beach, the little plastic shovels. Could you imagine? Impossible. Not happening. But we try and we try and we try. And then they come in with the big guns. Then they come in with the big bulldozers and they come in with the excavators. And in one scoop, things just start to come out and they're digging everything out. I mean, anybody that knows anything about earth moving equipment know that that's even really cool to watch. I'm like, this is really awesome. But sometimes I think of my own life and I go, when God is encouraging me, because the gospel is not about me, it's about God's love for me. Not only does he promise to save me, he promises to empower me. He promises to empower you. He promises to transform you, not through what you do, but who you trust in, which is his Holy Spirit. And our role is not to do better. Our role is to know him more. And the more we know him, the more we have the Holy Spirit working in us, the more we grow in relationship with him, the more we are empowered to conquer and to deal with sin, to grow in courage, to not walk in fear. We walk in fear in this world. Do you walk in fear sometimes? Do you? You're watching today. Do you walk in fear sometimes? I know I walk in fear sometimes. The gospel isn't about walking in fear. It's about walking in courage, confidence, the gospel of grace, the gospel of confidence. It's a message of confidence. Paul said that when we trust in God, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. That means every day of my life, I have to get up and ask myself, who's in charge of me? Am I in charge of me or are you in charge of me? Is a friend of mine in charge of me? Is a family member in charge of me? Is the culture in charge of me? Is the government in charge of me? Is Jesus in charge of me? And the way I put my feet down in the morning and the way that I point my feet tell me where I'm going to walk. When I was in college, I was a thrower. I was a discus thrower in college for a few years. And uh, I, I couldn't run and I couldn't jump. So I threw things because I wanted to try it. And uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time in the weight room and a lot of time learning technique to throw. And I remember one thing they told me consistently over and over again, the position of your toes will determine where it goes. The position of your toes determines where it goes. So when you're in your, in your position and you're spinning around, wherever your feet are landing, the direction of those feet is where it's going to go. And can I tell you, that's no different than us today. The position of your toes, what you're looking at, what you're focusing on, what you're in charge of or what's leading you determines where you go, determines where I go. And when the gospel's about us, we want our toes to point to ourselves. And let's be honest, that's it's pretty uncomfortable, right? Try it. I've never tried this. I'm not going to be able to walk later. <laughs> We're not designed to do this. We're designed to walk ahead. We're designed to keep our eyes on the one who saved us. We're designed to keep our eyes on the one who transforms us. And when it's about Jesus and it's not about us, then we go where he teaches us to go. He walks with us. He teaches us. 
He strengthens us. The last question, who am I in Christ? Who am I in Christ? If the gospel is not about us and the gospel is about Jesus, that means the gospel is a message of assurance. The gospel is a message of assurance. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone who belongs to Christ has anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. 1 John 3 1, John says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we could be called children of God, and that is what we are. We have become children of God. I'm going to say it again. Our role has never been to do the work. The assurances that we have are not because of what we do. The assurances we have today are because of who Jesus did, who Jesus is, and what Jesus did. And he offers that to you, and he offers that to me. And when he does that and we receive it, we become new people. We become transformed. And if you're anything like me, you have this struggle in your mind where I'm a new creation maybe in here, but I still think like the old person. I'm a new creation in my thoughts sometimes, but many times I'm rehearsing things about the way that I used to do. I'm a new creation with where I'm supposed to walk, but sometimes my body wants me to walk in the wrong way. And we struggle with an identity crisis. When we have new identity, please hear me this morning. When you have a new identity, God calls you to walk in that new identity. And know the beauty of that is that when the gospel is not about me, I can trust him to show me what it's like to live as a free person. I can trust him to show me what it's like to live as a child of God, that I'm not an orphan. I'm not without a home. I'm not without a parent, a mother or a father, that I have a dad and his name is Yahweh. And I have a savior and his name is Jesus. And he's never going to leave me. And he's never going to forsake me. And you know what? Even when things are hard, because let's be honest, life gets hard sometimes. I mean, we have four months of things we could talk about today if we lined up. Yet in the midst of all of this, God has never left us. In the midst of all of this, the communities and the culture around us want to tell us to point your toes at yourself, to do everything you can do in your own strength. And the gospel message says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your heart in the word. It's not about what you do. It's about how well you know him. And the way that you know him is by staying close to him. Staying close to him. Can I get two kids here this morning to give me a hand just for a moment? I need two kids that are willing to, to come and help me out for a minute. Just put your hands. I'm going to pick you. I'm going to pick you out if you could. Okay, then. Well, come on in, Alex. Come on. I'm going to pick Alex. Stay right here, Alex. And I need one other person. Who else am I going to have this morning to come join me? Just one other. It's okay. Come on up. Come on up. Here. Tell everybody your name, Alex. Alex, tell everybody your name. Blake. Blake and Alex. Hey. Hi. Alex, how are you guys? Good. Do you know what these are? Play-Doh, yes. It's Play-Doh. You can have one, and you can have one. I want you to open them up with me just for a minute. Open them up. I want you to take out the Play-Doh. Okay? You got the red Play-Doh. You got the green, Blake. Why don't you guys try to just make something? See how fast. We're going to have a competition for like 60 seconds, Okay. Okay, make the best thing that you can make in 60 seconds. Okay, I'm going to count it off. Ready? Okay, done. A ball. You may... <laughs> That's not a ball, and it doesn't look like a stick. Okay? So 
One, two, three, go. You got 60 seconds. I'm going to time you on this. So let's see. Come on, guys. Let's cheer on Blake. He's going to do this. Come on. Let's cheer on Alex. Let's see who's going to do it. What are you going to make? Come on. You got 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Go ahead. Make whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want. 60 seconds. Turn around and look that way so you can see everyone's watching you make it there. Interesting. Interesting. Some of you are jealous right now wishing you were up here playing with the Play-Doh. I know how it goes. All right. 30 seconds. We got 30 seconds. Let's see where you guys are at. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Come on. Come on. Looking good. Looking good. Done. 10 seconds. Done. Pass the ball. 10 seconds. Let me pass the ball. Hold that thought. Okay, time's up. It's past a or it could be a stick. It's totally past a rod because it's red. <laughs> right? Okay. Red, red beard, right? Okay, Blake, what'd you make? Nice, a snake with a hairstyle. That's cool. Let me see this for a second. He made a snake with a hairstyle. I like that hairstyle too. That is cool. Here, take that. Okay, and then look at Pastor Rob. That looks like an elephant, actually. No, I'm just kidding, Pastor. No, I'm just kidding, because it had a... No, I'm just kidding. That's Pastor Rob. Okay, so you guys, take your, take your containers. You, you can just pick them up, and you can bring them back to your, to your spots and just take the Play-Doh with you for now, okay? So thanks so much. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. you say, why did we stop to make silly things with Play-Doh? Sometimes, you know, Jesus says... Well, he doesn't say sometimes, it's true. He said to inherit the kingdom of God, you need to think like children. But when we become adults, we stop thinking like kids sometimes. And when we stop thinking like kids, we lose our ability to be flexible. You see, Jesus said through the Apostle Paul that one of the ways that we continue to stay close to him is to be like jars of clay. And he uses this illustration in Corinthians to talk about the idea that clay needs to be moldable. Clay needs to be soft. Clay needs to continue to stay soft. And some of that means that we need to continue to get back to the roots of the gospel. And we need to be reminded each and every day that the gospel message is a simple message of grace. It's a simple message of a confidence and it's a message of assurance that we can walk in relationship with Jesus. But for us to stay in relationship with him and to experience all of those things, the one thing that we need to do is we need to stay soft. The second thing that we need to do is we need to stay in the hands of the one who made us. You see, both of those boys made something because the Play-Doh stayed in their hands. And if the Play-Doh was left on the ground, it never would have been fashioned into what they were making. So this morning... That's one of the challenges that I have for myself, and it's one of the questions that I have for you. We're going to pause in just a few moments, and we're going to have a song. I'm going to invite the worship team, if you guys can just come as we get ready to wrap up this morning for our service. But I want you to just take a few moments, and please consider the power of the gospel message today, and ask yourself those questions. One, do I think the gospel is about me, or do I think the gospel is about God? If the gospel's about you, can I tell you, you're going to walk with condemnation in times of your life. You're going to walk in fear in times of your life. I'm not saying there aren't times that we're afraid. Of course, there are going to be times that we fear things. But I'm talking about paralyzing fear. If the gospel is about me, 
If the gospel is about me, I'm never going to have an assurance that Jesus says he'll never leave me. I'm going to walk with this uncertainty to say, am I always doing just enough to be in God's graces? Is God mad at me or does God love me? And when the gospel's about me, it perverts who God really is. Because it's never about whether he's mad at us or whether he doesn't, he loves us or he doesn't. He always loves us. He may not give approval to some of our behavior, but he always loves us and he's always good. And when the gospel's about me, Instead of the gospel being about Jesus, my assurances, my assurances are ignored. They're wiped out. Because it's always going to be, what about this? What do I need to do next? So that God will approve of me. So that God will love me. So that God will accept me. Can I tell you this morning, you may be in that place today and you might need an assurance. I just want to encourage you this morning to be reminded that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that means all of us. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter any of the things from behind. Today is a new day. And Jesus died for the sins of those in the past, the present, and the future. And it's a message of hope to all people, past, present, and future. And there's an assurance that comes with that so that each one of us can walk with a confidence that never fails. His role is to do the seeking. His role is to do the saving. Our role is to stay close to him, to be moldable, to stay in his hands so he can transform us into who he's made us to be. I asked the worship team if they would end our service today by singing Reckless Love just because it speaks to the truth of the fact that the gospel is not about what we do. It's all about what Jesus has done for us. So if you take a moment, if you want to stand with us, you're welcome to stand. If you want to join us by standing, if you want to sit, that's fine too. But can I just ask you, respond this morning to the beauty of the gospel and be reminded this morning that it doesn't matter how you've seen God in the past, today can be a new way of seeing him, a way that brings hope, assurance, confidence and peace.